Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of Courtside Fracker. This afternoon, I am joined by three good men. Uh, Harold, how's it going, sir? I'm okay, my bro. I'm well, I'm well. Um, I've, I've put the, the blues of football away for me, at least for one day. Focusing on basketball, life has been much nicer, man. L- life is sweet over here in LA, I have to say. No, no worries, man. No worries at all. I see you, boys. Greg, how's it going, brother? I'm doing well, man. Good as good. always. Good to good. see you, Harold. Good to see you, M. I don't know if this other guy is, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh he, he he needs no further ado. K Canyon, um, a certain jersey on today. How you doing? Uh, I hope you guys have noticed. I got a certain new one. You know, I thought I'd further my agenda with a new purchase of my own. You see, but yeah, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing yeah, good. good. I mean, well. this is it's a perfect opportunity for us to to, to segue. So uh, for those of you who are listening and not watching, uh, Kay has got on the jersey number 30 of a certain Golden State Warriors, uh, Steph Curry, to, to, to those of you. Um, yesterday, Steph passed Reggie Miller on the all-time NBA three-pointers list. So he, he's number two now. Um, Kay, as a man with a, a weird agenda against a two-time MVP... Uh, unanimous MVP, a three-time NBA champion. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, my my agenda isn't baseless. It's just based on the fact that the newer school NBA fans that we have see him as almost untouchable. And I was just pointing out the fact that he will have his struggles this year, as we've seen a bit. Of course, he's still putting up mad numbers, but this is Steph Curry. This is arguably the second or third best point guard of all time. And maybe a top 20 player, top 25 player of all time. So... These things are to be expected, but yeah. Your number one point guard of all time? Uh, okay. Yeah. I said number two, top two or three. He's yeah, like, that's, I'm, I'm asking who's your number one? It's Magic, baby. Okay, okay, cool. Magic, come on now. Right. Um, yeah, so Steph, like, I think at this point, people are just keeping the number one spot warm in terms of three-pointers made. And he's done it in like 400 less games or something silly like that. Or yeah, he's averaging like, three and a half uh, made threes a game. So he's got 2,561. Uh, and like you say, Ray Allen's got 2,900 and give me a second. That's gone by the middle of next year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 2,971. That's The volume is a lot different, different time. What not if you want to add these caveats, but the, the fact of the matter is he's the best shooter of all time. And it's just a matter of time before the record is gone. So, you know, I thought, thought I'd honour some of our fans who seem to think of me as a Steph hater with this wonderful blue new purchase. So, yeah, 
making the most of it. Yeah, it suits, it suits you well. It suits you well. I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, talking to Steph, an amazing achievement, and I'm I'm very much with Kay in terms of it only being a matter of time before he takes Ray Allen's record. Um, but it was interesting reading for me, just looking down the list. I said, there's some names you wouldn't expect. Obviously, Jason Kidd uh, came into the league, um, no jumper whatsoever. They were calling him Ace and Kidd for his first few years in the league. But through through a through a war of attrition. He's managed to get himself onto the top 10. James Harden is fifth. Sneaky. Sneaky, yeah, sneaky, yeah. sneaky. Um, Greg and Greg and Harold, looking uh, obviously amazing achievement from Steph, but looking at that that list, um, any names that stick out on are there any names that you're expecting to see join that list in the in the next few years? I think, I think that list is gonna look very different in the next five to ten years. Um, you know, obviously the three-point shot is a much bigger facet of the game today than it was, uh, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, Harden is closing in on, on that that top five uh, positions. Mitchell just established himself as the, was it fastest to 600 threes? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lillard, I, I would expect to see in that top five, top 10 in the next couple, couple of years. Um, so, yeah, it, it doesn't surprise me with the way the game is going. I think it'll be interesting to see what players can end up. Uh, in that top 10 all-time three-point three made uh, list. Sweet. How about yourself, Harris? Is there anybody else that Greg hasn't mentioned um, that you, you think may sneak onto that, that list in the next few years? Uh, I was actually going to say Trey Young. I think he'll be... Mm. I think he'll be near there. Um, how, old is, how old is CJ? How old is CJ McCollum? He ain't making that list. He's not even in the top 20. Okay, never mind. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um Fred Van Vliet is still young and he's and he's he takes a lot of threes. Whether he makes those is another different question. Um let me let me throw out some, some crazy names you guys can shout at me. Uh Zach Levine, Duncan Robinson. Uh yeah. 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 you see if you the guys like Duncan Robinson, I'm surprised JJ Reddick is on isn't on there. But you yeah, see the guys like a bit lower down though. He he's fifteenth. Yeah. Okay. okay. You see the guys like Duncan Robinson. Uh, JJ Reddick, Chicago Corvus, who have that elite free, they can, and all they're mainly doing is running around screens and just getting open and making two or three a game. They can stay in the league to their late 30s, sometimes exactly. even to their 40s. And yeah. they just slowly, they're not going to hit as many Bob a game. As, yeah, they're not going to hit as many a game as a Steph or, or a Harden. Um, where they slowly over the years just chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away. Um, that's that Kalkova package, isn't it? Yeah, that's that Kyle Korver package. Um, let's see, let's see what happens when Clay comes back and he's kind of the number number two option. On crazy to me is the fact that James Harden's made back more than five hundred more threes than Lillard, which is mental to me in the first place. I didn't think he actually shot that many, and Lillard's actually, to me anyway, in terms of the type of threes he makes, is probably second or third to only Steph. Like Clay's a fantastic shooter, as we all know. If anyone goes mad, but the distance and the type of threes that he's making on the move and so on. I think, and off the dribble, only Steph is better than Lillard at that. So the fact he's actually so low, I say he's what, low is 17th and 500 less than Harden? Well, this is crazy. Harden's just Makes methodical sense. in that he no step back, boom, step back. He'll beat you, he'll bludgeon you to death with that game in, game out. And the other thing about Harden is that he rarely gets injured. He plays so many mm. games. So again, he's somebody I see lasting in the league longer than Steph. So... As he goes on, it may these years in Brooklyn may take a bit of a hit on his numbers, but he, he, I expect yeah. him to see. I expect to see him probably top two. Yeah, he, right? so his, his volume yeah, is just so much higher than guys like Clay. 
This is it. Remember, Clay is, a, Clay is a second or a third option over the last mm. couple of years, whereas Harden, really, he was in OKC for three seasons. And then since that, he's since then, he's been the number one option up yeah. until, obviously, a, a few weeks ago. He's been taking seven a game since 2014-15, more or less. So, uh, at the league average, Greg, I think we're saying was like 36% or whatever the league average is. It's yeah. Like just above that. So, yeah. Yeah. So the numbers, so the numbers speak. Yeah, the numbers yeah. speak for themselves, literally. Cool. So we're a, a, a month into the season now. So I thought it'd be a, a, a fun exercise to get you gentlemen together and kind of uh, look over players that have impressed us. Um, we're going to start with some rookies, um, and I'll start with you, Greg. So a month into the season, uh, what rookie has caught your eye, and and why? Uh, for uh, me, the very obvious choice would be Lamelo. Um, I think you know he had a. A lot of eyes on him coming into the league for obvious reasons, you know, being part of that of that ball family with uh, with Lavar. Um, he started this season a little bit shaky, which I think is to be expected, you know, being a rookie and having all eyes on him. Since then, he's kind of, you know, somewhat settled into his position. Um, the last time I checked, which was a couple of days ago, he led all rookies in points, rebounds, assists and steals. So for me, if the season ended today, he'd be rookie of the year. Um, in terms of a breakdown of his game, I think positives is his passing. His passing ability is great. We saw it in the preseason. We've seen it continue on uh, into the regular season. Like his vision is just outstanding. Um, him being six foot six, he's able to not only see a lot of passes, but make a lot of passes that other smaller point guards aren't able to make. Um, and I think the, the thing that I like the most outside of his passing is his, his ability to push the ball in transition. So when he catches a rebound, he's, he's a very good rebounder for his position. Um, he's pushing the pace. He's not um, afraid to kind of up the tempo. Uh, and then his connection with Miles Bridges off the bench. Uh, when those two get subbed in in the first quarter, they have like an instant connection. They've been able to connect for a few highlight dunks, uh, which has been nice to see. Um, in terms of his negatives, he's averaging 2.3 turnovers a game, which is twice as many as, as Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham's only averaging 1.2. Um, and Graham looks after the ball so well, in fact, that he's leading the league in assist to turnover um, ratio. So when you're your rival, if you will, or the guy that's taking your minutes or starting ahead of you is looking after the basketball so well and you're turning it over so much, you know, it's not a surprise to see that his minutes have declined over the last couple of games. And in fact, his coach came out and said yesterday, um, quote, if you're turning the ball over five times in 16 minutes, that ain't going to cut it for me. If you're doing that on the offensive end, you better be bringing something defensively, end quote. And, you know, his, he played 23 minutes, <laughs> I think, two games ago and in 16 minutes last game. He's had five turnovers in two of his last three games. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit sticky. I think if he can look after the basketball a little bit better, um, he should, you know, start to get, get his minutes back and eventually be starting. Because mm. Devontae Graham, Graham isn't having that good of a season outside of just taking care of the basketball. His shooting numbers are, are even worse than Melo's. Wait, wait, Greg, Greg, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, I have to intervene. Because you started off by saying... Lamella's rookie of the year, and then as you proceeded, as you went on, you began to give mm. us reasons why he shouldn't be rookie of the year. So no, far. No, no, no. I think I think he's, I think he's rookie he... of the year still, but he has his negative. He's not perfect. Yeah, you're giving us you're giving us a balanced a balanced yeah. view of him. I think yeah, he's not. He's gone. He's gone. He's literally gone all over the world playing basketball. Um, yeah. And I think what you see with his game is he just has a very kind of carefree, freestyly way he plays. He, he really plays it fast. It, look, it looks great, though. It looks, it looks so good. Char Charlotte are way more entertaining to watch oh, this so season that we, yeah, than we possibly thought they were going to be. And Lamelo's been a big part of that Gordon Hayward too. Well, they haven't, Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you, with that, you take the good with the bad. And I think 
for him, with them being as guard heavy as they are, this season will really be that season for him to feel it out, realise that, okay, I can play that way, but maybe the amount of risky passes I'm playing, I have to bring them down a bit. So this is all part of his, this is all part of his rookie bumps. Um, Kay, who's your rookie? Who's been your favourite rookie so far this season? Uh, like Greg, it's probably still Lamelo, but obviously he's been so eloquent in naming everything that he's good and bad at, so I won't try and sully his name after that. So the guys <laughs> after that, if I'm being honest, I like the look of Halliburton. I think he's got a good spot there at Sacramento. He's shooting the ball well, 47% from three. And he's got the funkiest form in the world. And this Greg knows he's coming from me and I can't shoot a lick. So... What's your lot's thoughts? Because a quick question when it comes what? to that, because everybody always tries to, when guys come in, they do this thing like he has a funky shooting motion. We have to correct his shooting motion. And you see in the case of people like Kawhi, and I think Kawhi is even a rare case where they come in and they end up becoming really good jump shooters. But then you also see in the other case, people like Giannis. Giannis had a weird shooting motion, but he, if you look at his numbers in terms of his shots going in the rookie season, that's from free, that's from the free throw line. They've gone down a lot. What are your thoughts about going out of your way to like make a player's jump shoot in motion more efficient, as it were? We're making it pretty. I think that's the issue. If it doesn't look like this, it must be wrong. And I, I don't understand the thought process behind it. But I get you get the extreme examples like Kid Gilchrist, um, Lonzo previously. Um, Tristan Thompson who changed hands when he was shooting like halfway through his career like if your shooting is that bad I understand like you have to change your form to somewhat make it more effective but there's guys with like ugly jump shots and they're telling them like, oh yeah well you know to make it more efficient do this this and this but if it, the old adage like if it ain't broke like don't fix it because how much time do you really have mid-season to be changing your jump shots and then say in the off-season when you're supposed to be perfecting your game now starting again and trying to learn something new like it, it doesn't really make sense to me personally so I think it, I think it depends on the player, though. It also depends on the player, of course. But because, like, with Lonzo, as being being a guard, when he's dribbling to his right or his left, with his old jump shot, he's not going to be able to get off a clean look. So yeah. I think he had to kind of change his jump shot. If you're like a a mainly catch and shoot guy, and you have a little bit of a awkward release, you can get away with it a lot more. You know, guys like Kevin Martin used to shoot from their hip, yeah. and it used to work for him. Um, not that he was a catch and shoot guy, but he was still able to get off that jump shot quite cleanly. Like Sean Marion was like a catch and shoot three point shooter, and his release was like kind of weird, oh, but he was still able to get away with it. All time ugly jump shot. God, <laughs> Sean Marion. Even Eric, you know what though? Know what though? I, I feel like I feel like that's that's a, that's a pretty good question. I think Morara, but I think there are more cases for the improvement of a jump shot than there are for and then whether you change it or not. Do you get me? Like I feel like there there's more positives from changing it, like actual case studies we've seen from players as opposed to them changing it and it ruining their, their jump shot because honestly I watch I watch Yanis nowadays and and I, I think I think I think Yaz will tell you that it's, it's a combination of some I guess it's him himself whether whether mentals going on with him at, at the at the line and and some and some bad coaching but I've seen he's free throw even Bron as well actually LeBron is is, a, is another guy who's is not is, should be much better at, at, at the line and has been awful re- in recent years but on Yanis he is he mixes up his form so much, and I feel like it's it. Well, I don't feel like the numbers show that it is detrimental to his game. Like you even saw in in preseason games, he had like an awkward um, elbow out kind of motion when he was taking his his free throws, and his numbers went up ever so slightly. And then the 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 season started, 
and he went back. He, he went back to how he was shooting before, and it, and it went down again. It's like he did, maybe didn't really have time. He didn't feel confident in it or whatever. But I think some people that you have to accept they're just not going to have good form when they shoot, man. Like, so what are you saying? What are you saying? We should leave Halliburton alone, yeah? Alone. Yeah. I, I mean, working, don't fix it. That's all I'm saying, man. <laughs> yeah. He's a he's shooting efficiently. Um, Harold, who's your who's your rookie to look at after a month in? Yeah, I can't lie. Um, I, I'm so happy Kate said Halliburton because it, it is it is an eyesore to watch the Sacramento Kings. So I'm 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 more than happy that they, that you took that one. Um, but for me, I've watched I watched a little bit of Golden State, and I'm 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 really impressed with with Wiseman. I can't lie to you. At about six foot in in height or something like that, he looks he handles the ball like a guard. It's a bit mad. I saw him go coast to coast the other night multiple times. He looked like he was so fluent. It wasn't awkward at all. Like whenever I see Boban play um, for the Mavs. Like he he look, looks quality, man. He looks absolutely quality. He's coming. He's he's asserted his presence there in the in the five spot. He's putting up good numbers. I think Nee would be better to tell me he's he's um he's negatives. But for me, I look at him. I'm like, okay, this guy's a this guy is is a solid big. And maybe it's just a case of him getting a bit a bit bigger so he can fill up his size. Pause. So he can um he can really handle the, the handle the kind of guys who love who love battling in the post. But honestly, I've I've been impressed by him, man. He's been he's been quality. Yeah, he's 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 seven, he's seven foot, as, as you say there. Um, you see, when you watch Golden State, uh, Draymond spends a lot of time talking to yeah. him. And yeah. You have to remember, he didn't play a lot of games at the college level. I think he's 19, 20. Um, Kerr, they said to Kerr, like, if there was one player you could get to come in and talk to him, who would it be? And he said, KG. So you can see in, in his mind the kind of player that he envisioned Wiseman being. He looks really skilled, good athlete. Um, and you're right, it's just about him kind of developing physically um, and the rest will come, the rest will come with time. I'm I'm interested to see how he develops as, you know, Steph gets older, Clay comes back, Clay's getting, Clay's getting older because they're really kind of changing the centre of their, the centre of their team. Um, it's going to be good to watch. They're, they're slowly getting better, um, Golden State. So, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, better yeah. Like I said, just take him to 500. That's all I asked for, boys. I didn't ask for too much. <laughs> and yeah, Wiseman, I need to get his ass in the post. Like, the coast to coast stuff is nice, don't get me wrong. But then every time he does it, I know everyone likes watch ball for Wiseman has that slight fear that the unpredictable is going to happen. And more often than not, I think he's sometimes bailed out with a foul, but it doesn't normally go well. The fact he can do it is great, but you are seven foot at like, and like 250 at 19. Like perfect the post game and he'll put out 20 and 10 if he wanted to right now. If if yeah. he did that. But obviously Agreed. he's not playing enough games and he's got Draymond of course and they don't really play like that. But yeah, he's got a lot to he's got a lot to develop in and he's got good hands, he's young, good frame. So what are you saying? He should holler at Christian Wood, yeah? Unless it's getting the post, baby. It's yes. Not even when, so the KG is nice and all, but KG wasn't always in the post like that. Like he could handle the ball, make a mid-range J. And I think like people are too quick to get a good prospect and try and compare them to like some of the all-time guys who are like slightly yeah. similar to. So I don't think obviously Kerr knows more than me, so the NBA coach, three-time champ, whatever. But I don't think that KG will be the best person for him to like be like, hey, listen, I'm gonna model my game on you or be more like you because I don't think that will benefit benefit him too much long term, especially because like I said, he's seven foot and nowhere near as agile as K as KG was at that same age. Yeah, I hear yeah, you. KG, KG, when he came into the league, he played small forward his first two seasons. Exactly. 
Yeah, and he kind of just beefed up, got bigger, got stronger, and, and got closer closer to the basket. Um, just something I wanted to quickly highlight to you guys. Our, our number one pick, Anthony Edwards, um, obviously he's gone to, to join the, the cesspit that is the Minnesota Timberwolves, <laughs> and he's, he's um, chopping it up to the tune of 12 points, three rebounds, two assists, I think. Uh, his field goal percentage is 35%. I think he's about 29, 29% from three. Uh, bear in mind, oh bear in mind 27, that, be nice. 27 even, sorry. Uh, <laughs> bear, bear, bear in mind that he hasn't played a lot with Kat um, and D'Lo, whatever you happen to f- uh, think of D'Lo. Um, yeah, what are our thoughts? I'm not assuming any of you have watched much of the, the Timberwolves. I like him. He's a, he's a brick, don't get me wrong. But in terms of like upside, as everyone always says, like he, the comparisons he has with Wade didn't really help him, I don't think. But yeah, I think he's got a lot of upside. He just really just right now is a brick and he's not in the best situation to make most of the fact that he is a brick because um, this team stink, firstly. And yeah, he's not starting either. So when you're a brick coming off the bench, you don't really have time to really be learning that much, especially when you're not playing that many minutes a game. You're playing like 24 and a half minutes. That's nice. You get some reps there. But especially when you're coming off the bench, it's very different, especially for getting a feel of the game, especially when they want to come in and start shooting ain't going to work for him. So I think we'll see what happens in the next few years, especially. So just give it some time. But I like him. Like, he's a good athlete, has the tools to be great. So you'll see that he's a shot maker instead of actual shooter. So we'll see what happens. Cool, cool. So um, you guys' rookie of the year so far is what? Is Lamelo? yeah? Do you see, yeah. Um, as the season progresses, who do you guys see as being probably the main person who's going to challenge him? Or do you think you see him running the table, perhaps? Halliburton, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, Wiseman for me was an early one, and then Lamelo started getting these minutes up. Obviously, like um, like uh, like Greg said, um, as 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 Graham got less minutes, Lamelo started showing got got a bit more comfortable, started doing his flashy pass. He looks great to watch. But yeah, I think it's probably Halliburton. Um, and even as a even as even as someone who is maybe a Golden State fan, I think they would admit that he's just he's pipping Wiseman at at the moment, man. Cool. Um, listen. We, we track our metrics. We know that our listeners, they want to hear about the Lakers. They want to hear about the Nets. They want to hear about the Celtics. But we wouldn't be doing our duty if we weren't talking about the league as a whole. So uh, we're going to talk about a couple of teams that probably aren't so popular for you guys, but they're teams that have done well. So we feel like they deserve some sort of credit and a discussion about what's gone so well for them uh, a month into the season. Uh, so the first team we're going to talk about is the eight and seven Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, <laughs> one of the league's worst offenses. <laughs> one of the league's stellar defenses and uh, uh, fourth ranked in defense. So um, they they picked up a couple of big wins this week. But yeah, let's let's talk about the um, Cavs. Greg, I know you've been watching yes. some of them. What, what's your thoughts been on the Cavs early season? So they're they're fifth in the East. Uh, eight and seven record, um, just above 500. Like you mentioned, they're the second worst, or at least last time I checked, they're the second worst in terms of offensive rating. Yeah. However, I do feel like their offensive numbers are a little bit skewed based on the fact that Kevin Love has been out due to injury. Garland has missed a number of games due to injury. He's averaging 16 and six this season. By the so way, Greg, think... Greg, sorry, sorry, just to interrupt you there. Before they played the Nets, by the way, they were the first, they were the worst. Yeah, number worst. Team. <laughs> they then played wow. the Nets. They then played the Nets on a back-to-back and they and they increased in ranking. Just just in case you guys were, weren't aware, yeah. 
So that's every week, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think yeah, when one once those two guys come back, you know, hopefully they should start to move up in terms of offensive ranking or offensive rating even. Um, and then in terms of their defense, which is you know the polar opposite to their offense, fourth best uh, in defensive rating. You know, Andre Drummond, we was talking before we went live, averaging 15 rebounds a game. Um, he's a four-time rebounding leader. He's just just a beast on the glass. Yeah. Um, he's leading the he's leading the league in defensive win shares for what it's worth. So for the advanced stat guys out there, that's a nice uh, a nice clip. Um, the whole team on defense just has active hands. You know, they're young, they're athletic. Uh, whether they're playing a zone like they did um, versus the Nets, or whether they're playing man. Their rotations are nice. Once they catch a loose ball, it's just off to the races. And their defense really fuels their offense because they, you know, in the half court, they don't have a great offense, but they lead the league in um, in points off of turnovers. So I really like how they get out on the break. And when you've got, you know, jumpers like Larry Nance, obviously JaVale McGee is in a lesser role now. They've got the rookie Okoro. Um, you know, you've got such young guys and such athletic guys, there's no reason why they shouldn't be running the break. And when they run the break, you know, none of this, shooting threes on the, on the fast break foolishness. It's just one or two passes and it's a layup or a dunk. So I really like, you know, their squad. And I think they've got a good upside for the next, you know, for this season, the next couple of years with the young guys they've got. And also some of the veterans that they have with like Kevin Love and Andre Drummond. Cool. Uh, Kay, I know you've also been watching the, the Cavs. What, what, what's your thoughts been? Yeah, man. Shout out the Sexland boys. So good job on of them, course. like. <laughs> um, so yeah, like like I said, I think their numbers are a bit skewed because Kevin Love is missing, and I think that adds a massive, like massive difference to their offense. Because obviously, before his time at Cleveland, originally Kevin Love was a twenty-eight or twenty-seven and fifteen rebounder game guy, and now obviously he's very much a shooter. Um, so he'd be able to stretch the floor for them at least. And obviously, the way they run the break, like he's one of the better passers in the fast break as well. So that'll be really handy. I'm also one of the better rebounders. So they're rebounding alone. I think no one can really compare when you think of the big men they have. I'm not sure how long that will last because I think they might try and shift one of, one of them. But between Nance, Jarrett Allen, Drummond and Kevin Love. like It's the whole team of forwards, to be honest with you. And, 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 and McGee. And McGee. <laughs> and McGee, my goodness. Oh my I forgot about yeah. McGee. <laughs> They've got way too many centres. Yeah, Better not, forwards. <laughs> Listen, like not only are they one of the better teams defend on the defensive boards, like Kevin Love's one of the better offensive rebounders in the league as well. So when he comes back, I think that will help them as well. Um, Sex- Sexton, amazing. He is, I think it took a while for him to settle because he came in just purely known as a defensive pest. And that guy, he's got a bit too much heat around him, like he's a psycho in the head, but it works for him. And now he's like really leading the team. It's taken him two years. And yeah, like he dunked all over all over the Nets that first game. And there's no reason in hell, as bad as the Nets defensively are, should be conceding 145 to the Cavs. 147. 147, apologies. It, and then it just doesn't make sense. So, and then to lose again after that two days later. So, like, fair play to them for having so many guys missing for such a long period of time. I think they're doing a lot better than people thought. But then they're overwhelming, like, positive for that team as a defence. Like, the mm. team is long. Like yeah, do you know what? Yeah, like I, because I, I remember we were we were talking about them in our I might say this in the previous, but we were talking about them in our in our preseason, um, and they were like they I think they lost to the Knicks, but about in about like but with like a fifty five something like that point difference, and it was something outrageous. I was like, oh boy, the Cavs Cavs are really going out sad, and then obviously they've come out and they've they've come out like this. They're above five hundred. I was like, what on earth? And then obviously that 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 Brooklyn performance. 
proper put them on the map and they show them all of what they're about. Late in the fourth, there was I, I could see I could see the net I could see Brooklyn were really trying to um they're really trying to focus in or, or zoom in on um Sexton because obviously they could tell he was the hot hand. But Osman was free and he kept making his jumpers, just chilling yeah, there. Yeah. So they Maybe had like to, 26 or something in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think he got 25 or something like that. So yeah. they they had to respect they had to respect the fact that he look, he can get the ball out of his hands, pass it to Osman, and, and Osman will keep draining them. So they had to keep honest on defense. So everyone tried on Sexton. KD tried, Harden tried, Kyrie tried, and don't get me wrong. Three non-defenders is beautiful. You know what though? You know what though? <laughs> I, I think there's been a lot said about the defending in general for the Nets, which is not good ultimately. However, in that over overtime possession, that stretch, that was good defending. But the, yeah, the, the, the offense, offense, the offense was just <laughs> incredible. Like you just don't stop it. It reminded me of the um the clash we saw in in the playoffs when we saw Jamal Murray go against um Donovan Mitchell. It was like okay, look, look, like when they when they're going back to back like this, you're not just not stopping them. When someone is that hot. And he's just draining threes from flipping from 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 the from the parking lot. Look, like just he, he have to had twenty like straight. He had twenty straight points. Like, had, <laughs> how many points what? did he have in overtime? Like, it's, are you okay? He had like fifteen points in overtime. That's insanity. I'm telling you, you so, overtime is. So you right guys now, have made Fracker starting five will, will hang some points on the nets as well. You ain't seen my jabs there. Listen, they cannot defend. A uh, plastic bag in, a, in an empty bedroom. Oh they, they can't do anything. They just not. Cool. So I was going to ask. Um, you guys have mentioned that they've got a couple of players out, which is probably affecting their offense. But you know, all credits due for them being what looks like very early on an elite defensive team. How far do they go? Do you think they can go potentially? Are they a playoff team? Uh, um, are they a team that's going to maybe the playing games, or are they a team that they've started well, but you expect them as the season goes on to kind of. Around closer to a lottery side, I think they can compete for the playoffs this year. Yeah. It would definitely be in the lower seedings. I think the top five, regardless of what order it will be, will be like the 76, 76ers, Bucks, Pacers, Celtics, Nets. That's your top five. You can interchange yeah. the order, but I think they can definitely compete for one of the lowest lower rankings in the uh, in the playoffs. I think they should be disappointed if they don't make at least the play in. Like, like Greg said, the lower the lower playoff spot should be their target. And if they don't make the play, I think that's a disappointing season for them, to be honest, because they've got rid of the so-called locker room cancer, Kevin Poor, who I think will probably do quite well at Houston. But yeah, the way the team is set up, especially defensively, like these things matter, especially when it gets to like the the off-season. So not off-season, sorry, the post-season. So yeah, it'll be good to see how it goes and maybe if they make any more moves. And like Chedi Osman is coming into his own. So they've definitely got some like undercover gems there. And so they work together as a team as well. There's no really like ball dominant guy. They just, like you said, they push the ball and they defend well. So I think that bodes well, especially when you want to get to the playoffs as well. Yeah, I think I'm... they'll be they'll be one of the teams that higher ranking teams will want to avoid in the postseason. Not because um, obviously they're they're considerably better, but they're just one of those pesty annoying teams. Up. It's just going to wear them down yeah. <laughs> before they need before yeah. the one of the top ranking teams needs to get to the second round and third yeah. round and actually you know start to play. You know, you got to get past this annoying Cavs team that's just going to wear you down for... Yeah, for God, they've got enough pieces to definitely, like, win a couple of games as well and make you actually have to put in a, a good effort, more than you usually want to in the first round anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No guard wants to be Sexton defending them. Like, he's already one of the better guard defenders in the league, I'll say, which isn't even a stretch because he's just very, very intense, got very active hands. And, yeah, he might make some mistakes and he might get cooked, but the game's a game. There's no real rules that everyone can get cooked, as Paul George clearly knows. So, yeah. 
think, I think to echo, oh sorry Mara, I think just to echo what they're saying just in base of standings I'm trying to think who's who's really not in the standings now that's that, that's going to make a push for the playoffs I mean Pistons are down bad so are Wizards so are so are Magic so are Raps Bulls Bulls are ninth but they're probably going to drop down even lower I'm really only really looking at, at, at Miami maybe maybe Toronto I just said that but yeah, we'll push up. Miami will definitely push up on yeah exactly so I mean they're, they're currently six in ranking I'm like okay like for me, I think they should they should relish this chance. Like they've started the season well, perhaps may, maybe not expected by other people outside, but I'm, I'm sure within the camp they had their own goals. You have to at least make you have to at least make the the play-ins, in, in my opinion, man. That, that's Atlanta as well. Remember as well. But what was that? Yes, Atlanta was seventh as well at this point in time. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Toronto, I don't. They've, they've started bad, but I think Nick Nurse is a good enough coach, and they've kind of got just enough juice to also make the lower seeds. So Spurs things, yeah. This comes down to like. <laughs> Reminds me of like San Antonio Spurs though, like you, like no, no matter how bad their team is, Pop would just be like, apart from last year, obviously, but he would just mm. always, always just get them into the into the playoffs, bro. So, yeah. so basically, the, the Arsene Wenger of uh, of of uh, basketball, man. Yeah, yeah. I just, at the second team, I wanted to ask you guys about uh, the New York Knicks. Uh, is New York basketball back? So they've got they've they've gone and hired Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> they've gone and hired Tom Thibodeau, uh, who's an old school sort of coach. Um, they're eight and nine at the moment. Uh, quite similarly to the Cavs, they've got the twenty seventh best offense in the league, and they've got a top three defense in the league. Um, yeah, what what are your thoughts about about the Knicks? Tom Thibodeau has not had a voice since he was fifteen years old. Firstly. Um, <laughs> That he's always always got no voice, and yeah, I think I tried to watch them, and it's very, it's a very hard watch offensively. Like if I'm being very honest, like the offense is more or less run through Peyton and Randall, and Randall doesn't always make the best decisions. He just happens to be the best player on that team, and RJ Barrett is also a brick, and I'm not sure what his ceiling is if there even is one. So no offense to him, of course, but yeah, I don't think people expect him to take another step, and he's still quite inconsistent. And then defensively. They're just a tall team. They've got Peyton, who's a very good guard defender. Randall, not so much, but Mitchell. Um, I like Mitchell a lot. A bit. So, yeah, it's a tricky one. Like, I'm not sure what they're seeing. I think they might just drop down a bit further because ultimately, like, the cream always rises to the top and they're just not that good. Like, if you compare them to the Cavs, like, quality for quality, the Cavs have better players. And for sure. though there's teams in the East with better players than the Cavs, at least you can say... There are some players on the Cavs that you would have elsewhere. On the Knicks, I'm not sure who would make another roster and be an active contributor member. And that's even with Julius Randle doing what he's doing. I think mean, Kevin Knox has had a good season so far. Yeah, he's hitting them. He's been shooting. Three. He's been shooting lights out from three-point range. Yeah, I think with well. with Randle having the breakout year that he's had, um, you know, yeah. finally, Nick Knox has been able to get uh, you know more open looks than I think he was he was uh, expecting. Yeah, I mean, like, when you're when you're top four in, in minutes played um, per game. Listen, if you put yourself out on that court long enough, you can play against <laughs> second units enough to find space on <laughs> the floor, man. He's, he's, he's averaging 37 minutes a game, guys. There's four... How many minutes are there in a the game of basketball? For goodness sake. There are 40, 48 yeah. minutes in a game of basketball. He's playing 37 minutes per game in regular season. Madness. But this is this is, this is is what I was saying about Tibbs because this is a hallmark of Tibbs' teams. They're hardworking. He's an elite defensive mind and he's going to run his guys into the ground. So yeah. he's definitely building something there. Uh, I think I have to agree with you guys that necessarily skill-wise, the roster is not the most skilled. 
But if they're able to put in a solid effort this season, people start taking them more seriously as a team and they end up being a lottery. They get a good draft well. Does New York become a more attractive free agent destination? There's only so many max contracts that you can hand out in the league. So somebody's got to go there eventually. No, as long as James Dolan is the owner, there's no, they're never going to be attractive. Yeah, yeah true, true. No matter what happens, he's going to find some way to fudge it all up. And that's all that matters. And right now, that current decision is with Tibbs. Like, cool, he's a good coach for these young guys. Teach them some fundamentals, defense, maybe not break their ACLs and whatever. But as a whole, like, there's just not any quality and there's no real direction that they're heading in. Like, cool, let's say the Knicks make the playoffs this year. What's their plan after that? Like, do you want coach Tibbs, coach, coach the max contract player and trying to play in 37 minutes a game and saying, listen, mate, you're not playing if you don't play no defense? But how's that going to run? Because as we all know, none of these stars can really play defense anyway. So... I mean, I think I think as a franchise, fair. That that might be that might obviously be there. I think it depends on what stage of the players, what stage of the career the player is at. So you're looking at a guy who's I don't know five six years deep into the league, knows well about himself. He's had experience with some really bad run teams. He's he's typically going to stay stay clear of the of, of the Knicks. However, you're looking at rookie prospects. You're looking at sophomores. You're looking at these guys who haven't been in the league for so long. Maybe their naivety will will work in will play in the hands of their own success because this how how um how Tibbs is, is coaching this team perhaps maybe not the the most the most pretty basketball to watch or maybe even like for for, for the players um joints is maybe not doesn't feel as pretty as, as it should however it's effective and they are they're doing way better than than what we can imagine they're just I think they're just below five yeah just below five hundred like honestly. I think they're good, man. I think. Oh, what? I mean, are you, are you're buying in, Harold. Yeah, you're buying no, some Nick stock. I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet to buy in on Nick stock because I think <laughs> even that sentence. That sentence is insane. Just to say I'm buying Nick stock is insane. Um, but what I'm saying is they should use this season. We'll just use this. Yeah, just use this whole campaign to just get a bit more credibility about them, man. Like, don't be a laughing stock anymore. Like, just show yeah, that you can... That's, that's the goal of the season. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. And I think from there, you listen, it's New York, man. And who, the, the players that are able to bring New York back to relevance, they're going to go down in... They're going to go down in the books, man, because that's been a joke of a franchise for 20, 20 plus years, coming up to 30, coming up to 30 years now. So somebody's got to take a chance on them uh, eventually. Nah, man. Not... not Greg said it best. He's like, well and truly, even these younger guys, they're too young to even know when the Knicks were good. But so, that, that was KD. Yeah, like yeah KD. he asked Durant about about yeah. um, the Knicks, and he's like, well, most of these young guys, they they don't actually remember or know when the Knicks were good. So exactly. <laughs> and if they do, all they know if they if the, if the viewers want to watch a good documentary, the kid from Coney Island, Stephen Marbury, and he really didn't even enjoy too much success at New York. He was just happened to be from there. And there was all the expectation on him. So players from New York, they might not even want to play for the Knicks, if I'm being honest. And because they one, they're not good. And two, they kind of know the pressure that comes with it because he's a legend around there. So it all really just depends. And I don't think they've really got much upside coming for them, other than like you said, not being a laughing stock. And that takes a few years as well, especially it's including the head office, because they got the the ghost of Phil Jackson a few years ago just trying to run the triangle with the YMCA Knicks, which just wasn't gonna run. <laughs> So, yeah, it all just depends, man. And we'll see what happens. Cool. So, uh, apart from Harold, you guys aren't really, really rating the, the job that they're doing thus far, Carl. Um, 
the next thing I wanted to talk to you, you know about. You know what's funny, Mariah? You know what's funny? I think it. I think it's an issue of what I just said because I was like, oh, for a more naive mind, these guys are so. So both Greg <laughs> and Kane, both, both Greg and Kane are both seasoned vets in the game of basketball. I've come into the last few years, so I'm that naive mind. It's like, ah, oh, Nick's not doing so bad, and later on, you guys will come back and be like, see Harold, you see why we didn't buy any stock. <laughs> Precisely, precisely. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they had a they had a few decent years with, with Melo, but we also how that ended. And, and start. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that franchise just seems like and next need a better Jamaican man. The, the <laughs> RJ Barrett guy in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, RJ Barrett. Um the less said the better on him. Um the next thing I want to get out of you guys, um, let's talk MVPs. So again, a, a month into the season, I'm gonna go around and ask you guys who, who your MVPs are thus far, uh, and why. Um, I'll start with you, Hot Take Harold. Um, who's your MVP uh, and why? Y'all know who my MVP is, man. Come on. There's, hey, they're, 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 hey, hey, you got one <laughs> chance to answer this question correctly. <laughs> one hey, chance. Listen, I don't hey, want hey, to hear it. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> You're making me hot already. I'm unzipping my hoodie. I'm, I'm that hot. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, look, in his in his 18 in his 18th year in the league, he is he's he's playing the he's playing the least minutes he's he's ever he's ever played. Let me burn my jersey. What was that? Oh my days, go away. He's 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 playing the least minutes he's ever played. He's shooting he's shooting the, the least amount of field goal attempts he's he's ever had in his career. And he's leading he's leading he's leading his team to the best record in the NBA. And he's not even in he's not even in third gear, my guys. Like this is this is easy to him. Look, for me, I think. Don't get me wrong, their players have their own individual brilliance and like the likes of MB, the likes of Jokic, the likes of um, KD. Fair enough, they're doing fantastic work with the ball. However, what is it converting to? What is it? Is it is it converting into W's? Is it converting into is it converting into championships? Hey, hey, hey. Um, look, what I'm saying is LeBron has the LeBron has a respectable um, leading stat, or whatever, but it's converted into W's for his team. And look, baby, we're out here, man. We're out here. You know, you yeah, know how I get, I, you, you couldn't right, even do that me, with a straight let, face, man. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you why Harold is wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, for, for me, for me, yes, the Lakers have the best record in the NBA, but LeBron is is clearly in second gear, as you said. He's He's lacosting as as we created in, in 2014. Lacosting on 24 and 8. Look, look at that. He's in look, cruise look, control. He's not even, he's had one breakout game this season that was versus the Bucks where he had like 34 and uh, and whatever hit six threes but you know to me he's, he's not the MVP for me the MVP of the league so far is Embiid um the Sixers are, are first in the east they have a 12 and 5 record uh Embiid's averaging 27 and 11 in his career he's shooting a career high 56 percent from the field uh free throw is career high he's basically showing defenses his full repertoire inside outside He's limiting his three-point shots. He's attempting the least amount of threes per game uh, of, his, of his young career. But he's, he's just, you know, in his 45-point game versus the Heat, uh, sorry, the 42-point game versus the Celtics, he was unguardable. You know, in the post, he was hitting fadeaways, hooks, uh, free-throw line jump shots. He went to the line 21 times. Getting fouled, which is a skill in and of, in and of itself. Yeah, and then he can hit the three. You know, rebounding defense. I think the the 76ers are top five in the league uh, defensively. You know, he's had 45 and 16 versus the Heat uh, and hit the the shot to take them into overtime. 42 and 10 versus the Celtics. 
38 and 11 versus the Celtics. Uh-uh. Just... Okay, okay, wait yeah. a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. What's going on there? I forgot other people playing basketball apart from you. Know what I mean? <laughs> no, slightly, slightly. <laughs> you know what? To, to be fair, to be fair, look, I was always going to say Bron. Look, I was always going to say Bron. I, I, it was it was more of a respect for the conversion to wins. However, Joel Embiid, like like you said, Greg, I'm not that shameless. That that's incredible. I've never you wheeled up about six forty something point games in a row. That's outrageous. We we played about we played about seventeen games. Like what what's going on? That's mad. Yeah, respect to Joel, man. Respect. And I think you know I have to get my Simmons agenda in here with the with the way Simmons has been playing or the, the lack of the way he's been playing you know averaging 12 points a game this season uh he said there's a game the other day where Dwight Howard took more shots than Ben Simmons in literally half the amount of minutes hmm. Dwight Howard played 15 minutes and Simmons played 30 and Dwight Howard had seven field goal attempts and Simmons had five um you know he had 20 something the game where he was Pistons. um but you know, the game the, where he went, he went uh, not from five from uh, from the field, and all of his points came from the line. Yeah, he's, uh, <laughs> he's seven field goal attempts versus the Pistons last night. Uh, fair enough, he was getting fouled a lot, so he had you know I think it was ten or eleven free throws. But with Simmons playing below expectations, you know Embiid has taken it upon himself just to lead that team and take them to the top of the East. Yeah, mm. I'm, I'm liking I'm liking this because you know Joel's had he's had a. For, for somebody whose career is not so many seasons deep, he's experienced a lot. A couple of years of injury issues, um, a couple of tough uh, playoff exits, uh, weight fluctuations. Um, so um, the process, obviously the face of the process. So um, I was hearing good things in the off-season, but we always hear good things in the off-season. So it's, it's good to see that he started the um, season in good stead. One thing that annoys me with this kind of like perimeter-heavy uh, jump shooting heavy era is that you've got seven footers like Joel Embiid camping out at the three point line, not even making half of the shots that they're taking. So to see that he's back above 50 um, 50% comfortably and he's still shooting efficiently from three and he's at um, all time high for his free throws too, that's a good look. Um, and yeah, the East is it's gonna be it's gonna be a real battle this year. Um, Kay, who, who's your MVP so far? Um, one of two people. I mean. Embiid, who Greg spoke so eloquently about, is clearly like the number one. But people were saying before. My little caveat is they tried to put tax on these super teams having players can't can't have, can't be MVP candidates. But if it's not him, you could argue that is KD because he looks like he's not missed a step. Like if you've watched him for a while, you know he's maybe a bit slower, but that doesn't matter because he's still fast enough. He's still putting up insane numbers, and yeah, like. This is the man at 32 having missed a whole 18 months and he's come back and he's putting up 31, 7 and 5 from 53% shooting, 47, uh, 47% from 3 and like 86% from the free, free throw line. Like, like what more? And, and, his, and his defense has been nice. Yeah, like his defense has been solid as well. Like he's doing everything and it's quite clear that he is the best player on that team. And what's funny about it as well is that it looks, it's coming so effortlessly. Like, now Harden's there. We've seen three or four games of him, whatever. And he's running the offense, whatever. And he's getting the ball to his guys. But when Kyrie has the ball, it looks like the shots, even though he's making fantastically difficult shots and whatever, it doesn't look as easy as it maybe would for a KD because it's just a little shimmy crossover and just rise up for wherever he wants. Whereas Kyrie's, KD, um, Kyrie's really putting the ball on the floor and trying to get them points. Like, it looks like he's done a lot to get past the defender and put it in. So, yeah, I think it's, for me... If it's not Embiid, it has to be KD because one, nobody expected this. And two, 
they looked even worse when they played the Cavs the second time when he wasn't there. And Do it's quite clear to see that he's very, very important to them. Do you so, know what though? I, I have to put um I have to put a word out for this guy because without this guy in this team, Lord knows where they would be. They'd they'd be way below five hundred. Nikola Jokic. After 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 chat about Nikola Jokic, he's he's playing fantastic. He's playing. He's averaging a triple double. He is literally a walking yeah, triple double. Been there, done that. Okay. Yeah, okay. We, is, we know how, we know how the story ends. Wait 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 wait. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> We're not talking about that 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 guy. Yeah. We're not talking about a a certain Ibo guy. Yeah. We're, we're, we're talking about a guy. Talking about a guy who plays at the five for goodness sake, averaging a, a triple double. It's nine point six actually, so it's not a triple double. They hate to be that guy, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, <laughs> round it up, my guy. Round it up to ten. Um. Yeah. He's 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 quality. He's, he's absolutely quality. What's he on? He's on twenty six. 26 points, 12 rebounds, and 9.6 assists um, this so far this season. He's playing quality, man. Albeit, I have to say that without the likes of Seth Curry, without the likes of um, Jeremy Grant, without the likes of Tory Craig, obviously he, he doesn't defend himself, um, Jokic, but he's, he's t- taking all the onus on himself. Jamal Murray is as consistent as... I don't know. I mean, something that's half as consistent as it always is. <laughs> he's, 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 you, you, just, you just can't rely on him. He's hot one night, he's cold one night. Honestly, even in the same game, hot one half, cold another half. It's, Mister, he is Mr. Bubble, bubble The bubble had people fooled. Yeah. Mr. No, no, no. He was Mr. Bubble Tax. He never played like that before. <laughs> you guys, when we, doing the, when we were doing the courtside top 20, I had guys putting Jamal Murray in their top 20. I was like, are you guys okay? Are you like, guys that guy okay? was looking like prime Jordan with them, with them unbelievable the glass. unbelievable <laughs> but but you know one thing though one thing i have to say though that if you look at last season regular season that's this is the same jamal murray though like yeah. this is how this is him do we i was more impressed for that i saw his numbers implode like that in the postseason a lot of players i guess when, when you're that good your cream rises to the top in the postseason when it matters but that jump he made from about 20 points average to about 34 is a bit nuts that's yeah. a bit crazy but yeah, going back to, to Jokic, Jokic is quality, man. Like he's literally that entire, he's literally that entire team. Like it's the only thing that holds him down and the only thing I think that holds him back as a player and definitely in the MVP race when compared to Embiid is the fact that he stinks defensively. Stinks. And you know, certain factors of the game are more important for, for different positions. So like as a center, defense is paramount. And if you're poor defensively as a center, I mean... You can very have hard for your team in to have world, a good. It's very hard for your team to exactly. have a good defense if your def- uh, center isn't an anchor, a rim protector. Exactly. And that's yeah, probably, this is that probably is part of the reason why. Obviously, you've mentioned Murray. Uh, they lost Jeremy Grant too. That's probably a reason why their record isn't isn't where it should be. But I know Yas is a big fan, and 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 feels from what he's seen that minute for minute, um, Jokic has been probably the best the best player this season. Now, I want to mention a, a few other players just to hear what you guys um, think. A player that I'm not surprised none of you uh, mentioned, but I think definitely deserves a mention, um, Paul George. So he's averaging 25, 6 and 5. He's 51% from the field, 50% from free, uh, 92% from um, the free throw line. And the <clears throat> Clippers are 12 and 4. Uh, obviously, he uh, ended last season uh, in, um, say, underwhelming fashion. Oh, okay. um, he, he, he That's made, the word you're using, yeah? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to use underworld. <laughs> that, that defines it. 
Um, listen, people have dumped on Paul George enough. I'm not going to add to that. All right, okay, fair enough. I mean, by people, you mean yourself, yeah? Remember? <laughs> no? <laughs> okay, never mind. I just had to mute you there, Harold. You're, you're getting out of hand. Um, so people <laughs> so people have uh, dunked on Paul George enough. Um, he basically was like, cool, I've, I've earned that. I'm going to go into this season and remind you guys why, why I'm a top player in this league. Um, and he started very well, I think. Um, he's probably been the Clippers' best player this season, uh, even though Kawhi's playing more than he usually does minutes-wise, and he's even playing back-to-backs. Um Paul George's numbers speak for themselves. And um, what have you guys thought of um, Paul George's uh, form the, f- the first month into the season? It's nothing new, man. Like, I hate to be that guy, but it's really nothing new. Like, what I've seen here is no different than what I saw when he was putting up 28 a game for OKC, which is arguably like his career highlight, like his best year. So, and also, it doesn't help. Free that MVP that year. The best teams in the league. He's on, he's at the Clippers, who, for being honest, like a top five team in the league. And everything's set up for them for them to succeed in that sense. So the fact that he's putting up the numbers and being consistent, like brother, that's the least we can ask for at this point. If I'm being very honest, like I don't want to give him that tax, but he's playing very well, of course, and he's just doing what should be expected. And maybe just maybe reminding people why they shouldn't talk so much dirt on his name. But let's see in the off season, in the postseason, because we've seen this all before. Okay, well, yeah, in it's, terms a, of it's, a, it's a tough. Okay, guys, tough one let me because... play devil's advocate. So, yes, that's true. But just in terms of regular season, season MVP, yeah. let's give him his dues. He he yeah, definitely deserves he, his dues, for sure. Yeah, when you mention his name, everyone's always going to talk about everything that doesn't, you know, have to do with the with the with with this regular season. Yeah, about yeah. Past seasons yeah. and postseason. And yeah. understandably so, but I think you have to remind people that, like, the, the MVP is a regular season award and it is to do with this year, not previous years. Um, and in terms of his plays so far this season in the 14, 15 games he's played, he is, you know, up there in terms of the MVP rankings sure. to me, anyway. So you know, whether that. he whether he continues this this uh this uh this level of play because we've seen it drop off in previous seasons um, is another thing. But so far, he, he's up there. Uh, I think I'm mention think, a bit. Oh, go, go, on. go ahead. No, no, no. I think I think I think about to say what I was going to say. So you go first. No, nah, I probably wasn't. God. Oh, okay, okay. I, I was, I was going to say shout out to Luka Doncic as well because without yeah, him on that, I definitely was not going to say that. <laughs> 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 okay, wait, wait, anyway, anyway, I, I, and I just realised I said um, Seth Curry with um, with with Jokic. I actually did mean with um, with the Mavs. My apologies. Um, so no, I, I think without without Luka that team, my goodness, the last couple of games that they've been all right. But some of their losses recently, my, I think I think they lost to the Pistons. Like, come on. They were absolutely atrocious to watch. Oh, fair enough. They obviously we spoke about our Wednesday pod. Or fair enough, they have a, a lot of players missing. But I mean, Jokic. I mean, Jokic. Um, Doncic d- doing his thing. Like tri- triple dubs. Usually, even though he hasn't been as good as last year, he's he's still he's still fantastic, man. Still great to watch. This is, he's always called a looter in a riot. When everyone's rioting, <laughs> taking stuff. I love that. Box. I love that analogy. Looter <laughs> no, no, in a riot. He's just out here stealing. While the rest of everyone is just thinking, that's like, this is an open room. Like, take what you want. Like, he's the best player. Like, I, we expect this, and we've seen his shortcomings. Like, they're coming now slowly. That like, people are now seeing that he's maybe not the best of shooters, but people are telling me that's not his best game. Of course, he's rebounding very well. Of course, but I don't think they've got really that many big bodies in the team who are going to get them boards. Because more often than not, the thing they criticised Westbrook for as well was he'll grab the board and then push the ball. It helps that he's six eight, of course, so he can do that. And then the assist, 9.5. I mean, I can't really knock that. Like, he's doing what he's always done, like passing the ball well, but he's just not shooting well. And his team also 
happens to stink, which he even himself might have a part in as well. So I don't think he's an MVP candidate in the slightest. Mm. Yeah, like we know we always have to remember MVP is always intrinsically linked to your team record. Um, we've watched the NBA for long enough to know that uh, on a bad team, a lot of guys can put up um, good numbers. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it evens out as the season went because he was a lot of people's early season pick for MVP. But Porzingis is back now. Um, Porzingis is mm-hmm. probably a uh, top 30 player in the league, depending on who you depend on who you ask. Yeah, not UK, but yeah, depending on who you ask. And having that foil, uh, pick and rolls, stretch the floor, pose presence as well. Um, I expect to see the, the Mavs starting to pick up more wins and, and um, Dontich will continue to put up the same numbers. Okay, and the last last batch of uh, players I want to ask you guys about and get your thoughts are the <clears throat> most improved players. Um, so I'll let you start this one off, Greg. Um, who have you got and, and why? Uh, for me, early candidate for most improved is Christian Wood uh, for the Rockets. Uh, last year, averaged 13 and 6 on one block in Detroit. Um, he gave us a little preview of what he could do towards the end of the season, that last month and a bit before the season was abandoned. Uh, averaged about 23 and 10 um, in, in that last month and a bit. And so far in the season, you know, he's averaging 24, 11 and 2. He's actually leading the league in pick and roll points. Um, and I think now with Harden gone from the Rockets, they can start to kind of reform and, and be what, who are, be the team that they're going to be, whether that's good, bad or ugly. Um, I'd like to see, you know, his defense improve, him become a bit more of an intimidator down low and to kind of form some chemistry with uh, with John Wall and Oladipo. But so far, so good for for, uh, for Christian Wood. And I think yeah, he's, I- he's improved a lot compared to last season. I want to touch on um, Christian Wood as well, because I, I, I want to paint his story a little bit, just for people who don't know. So in the 2015 draft, there's a really sad picture going about, you might have seen, a guy with his head between his hands and people around him consoling him. That was Christian Wood. On that same day, he's at 19 years old, his girlfriend leaves him because he, cause he ends, up, uh, ends up undrafted in that, in, that, in that draft. He spends four years in, in, in the G League, um, works his way, starts grafting, obviously gets picked up on a waiver from... Um, from, from Detroit in, in 2019. A year and a bit later, he gets a five-year, four, £41 million pound contract for, for um, the Rockets. And now he's balling out, man. Shout out to Christian Wood. He, he didn't yeah. let the situation get the better of him. And now he's balling. He's absolutely brilliant. Like, he's genuinely great to watch. He's a fantastic baller and he grafted and he f- made his way back up. No, no one's journey is the same. So even just for that, I know obviously you guys would say it's all about like, genuine talent and how good you are but it's, it's a nar- narrative based league how great would it be for someone like that to go in and win M- MIP for me he's for, for sure he's, he's on course for that man cool uh, Kay who is your uh, most improved player thus far um, it's a toss up between weird enough Jalen Brown because even though he's just what fourth or fifth year in the league like the jump he's made Nobody expected this to be to be another jump of like this magnitude. Like mm. he's been slowly improving year on year, and he had like a little blip in the year that like Kyrie came back to the team and his minutes reduced a bit. But now it's quite clear that Celtics are running with him and Jason as the main two for them, and he's been fantastic. Like he's putting up very very good numbers: twenty-seven a game, six rebounds, four assists, fifty-two percent from the field. Like he's doing very well in that sense. And then another one, unfortunately, I don't really want to put there, but is. Jeremy Grant, because Detroit stinks. <laughs> why, why, why don't you want to put him there, Gaffer? Because Detroit stinks. 
They are, they are, they yeah, are generally they are. They're, 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 they're the worst team to watch in the league. So what do you say? Well, you call it another looter in the riot, yeah? All right, listen. Um, <laughs> what he did well, especially in the last, in the bubble, the bubble did fantastic for him because it really elevated his stock, considering that it was maybe defensively, though, okay. That was more defensively that I've, 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 I think the bubble, the bubble game. Offensively as well, like he did a job. Like Jeremy Grant was was making buckets for them. Yeah, he was maybe the third option, and then behind Jokic and Murray, like he was doing all right for them. Like I can't really knock him for that. And he put up good numbers last year. It was like jumping from twelve a game to twenty four point three is mad in, in any career in anyone's career. So like fair play on him. It is an individual award. It's not a team award. So he's doing well there, but. In reality, the front two runners are probably Jalen Brown because his team is that good and he's made an exponential jump. And the person who probably made an even bigger jump was Christian Wood because, like you said, he was languishing in the depths of mediocrity. And I think one of his teammates came out and said that he was used to ask, like, yo, why ain't coach playing me? Like, I'm better than half these guys. Like, what's going on? Mm. And now he's clearly showing it. So, big up him. And he's got a very nice long career ahead of him and he's had like AD comparisons which I think is a stretch but I understand in kind of the way that they both play because they're both very versatile and tall can handle the ball blah 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 so yeah we'll see who wins it but between those two and I think it might end up being Christian Wood because you know the feel good story and that nice big new contract that he's got and he's going to be making chemistry with these new guys on the team so we'll see Agree um, Greg, Harold um Kay mentioned Jalen Brown. Is either of you not surprised by what he's doing? Um, no. no, it surprised me a little bit. You know, I didn't expect him to make no, I am. I am. That's another big leap. Mm. Um, and he, he would probably be second in my most improved um, rankings. And especially with, um, with Tatum out, you know, he's taking it upon himself to be that, that uh, you know, typical media term, alpha dog, alpha male, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's, he's solid on both sides of the court. Yeah, for me, I've, I think I, I was I was a bit surprised because he was what, averaging about twenty points a game last year. I thought, okay, he's gonna level out about that because he's always been an intriguing one for me. He's another one that goes a bit hot and cold sometimes. But he's relishing this time that um, Tatum's been out with COVID. He's he stepped up. He hit a forty-two point game against the Sixers the other night. He was him and and Bede going back to back playing some great basketball. I'm I'm surprised he's he's this high in his in his averages, man. He's he's doing well for himself. So I do have to give him credit for it. And then we were talking in our, in our group. We were like, "What's what is Jalen Brown's ceiling?" And we and one person said Paul George, and, and another person said, um, "Oh, who was it? Who's the other person that we said?" Jimmy Butler. Yeah, Jimmy Bucket. So we said Jimmy Butler, and already we're like, okay, well, he's already a better he's already a better scorer than than Jimmy Butler. We feel like he's gonna average out maybe in between there because he's been he's been getting better year on year on year. It's not normal that someone increases like that until the end of their career or or, or I mean even this long he's gone gone on for like five years. But I think I think he needs to read really take the ball um by by both horns this year, man. Show Tatum that okay, look, you haven't really showed yourself that you can be a reliable first option. Maybe I can be. Oh, you 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 got him warring Tatum here. No, no, it's it's no, no. For me, look, I, I don't I, I don't think he's better than Tatum. Don't get don't get me twisted. But I'm saying his mentality should be I should be challenging or at least looking to be like, hmm, maybe I should be an, an option for, for 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 number one as opposed to number two, or at least be a a, a more solid number two option. Because for me, right now, it's probably it's probably what well, I say right now. It probably is him. But but before the season, it was Kemba, wasn't it? So. Yeah, I think that's no, I think Kemba, yeah. Kemba definitely shouldn't be the number one option on that Celtics team anymore. Hell no. I think 
Jason, Jason Tatum, number one, I think he's kind of, he's proved himself to be the number one on that team. And I think especially in, in the closing moments of games, he's probably their go-to person. He can create off the dribble a little bit more than, uh, than Jalen can. Jalen has proved himself to be a very good number two. And I think, you know, on probably three quarters of the, of, of the league's other teams, he'd be a number one. Um, and I think, you know, Kemba has solidified or hopefully solidifies himself as the number three option. And it's that guy. Well, you're, not like, even, cool. you're not even confident in, in cardiac Kemba, though. Nah. He killed his own jump shot. <laughs> yeah, he, he needs to sweat himself into that number three slot. But I think number number one, Jason, number two, Jalen Brown, and then Kemba, number three, offensively. I think just just to touch on the uh, most improved player part. I think it's, for me, we can shout out. Obviously, I think those two are definitely up there. Uh, Jeremy Grant and Christian Wood. I think we, we can shout out uh, Chris Boucher as well for um for Toronto. He looks like he stepped up in Ibaka's absence. He's been there for his third year now. What's he averaging? He's on he's on fifteen six and a half, uh, two blocks. Everything is up from last year. He's I mean naturally he's obviously playing way more minutes, but he looks like he's thriving in Ibaka's absence and he's balling out, man. Well, he himself is balling out. I won't say Toronto are, but yeah, man. Shout out to him. Yeah, that's that's not a, a bad patch. Um, one thing I love about the NBA, you get those stories like Christian Wood, but every year there's always a handful of players who seemingly come out of nowhere to to, to rise to prominence. So, so that is a really nice list. Um, we'll, we'll wrap up there, lads. I want to thank you guys for your time this this afternoon. Okay, always a pleasure. Uh, Steph, Steph, firmly going to put you in the mud this season, I believe. Oh, no. um, if, we, if, we, if you want to check the archives, I did say no matter what he does, nothing changes. Like he's still an elite player. I just want to see them over five hundred and don't. Yeah, yeah, he's he's gonna do that. He's gonna he's gonna put you in the mud. Uh, <laughs> Greg, always a pleasure. Good to have you on. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Harold, good to see you, brother. My guy, always, always, always. All right, man, guys, have a nice one. Take care, man. All right, peace. Podcast Network.